you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. I write a blog at thelonelydiplomat.com which helps diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to reconnect with themselves and the world around them. Back in March, I wrote a blog post called The Lonely Diplomat on the stories that we tell ourselves. These stories are incredibly powerful and almost form the constant narrative that goes through our minds. And because they're so omnipresent in our lives, we can actually tune them out um, and kind of accept them as the story of our life. Now, these stories are made up as we work to make sense of our own words, thoughts, and actions, and those around us. And because they're omnipresent and it's little wonder that we pay very little attention to them, but we must pay attention to them because they are so powerful, because they can be wrong. They can be built on a foundation that is deeply unstable based on the scarcest of information, but Over time, we have built them up to be almost self-evident truths about ourselves. This topic on stories and the power of them is something that came up during a coaching course that I did, which really helped me connect with myself again and give me back myself, run by my friend, coach, and mentor, Mike Campbell. And I was thrilled when Mike accepted my invitation to come and speak with us in an upcoming interview on this episode. Mike is a man coach, and he is fantastic at helping men, perhaps for the first time in their lives, connect with themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. And he does this through a program called the School of Personal Mastery. Go and check out his work at mikecampbell.com.au and you will see that he does this in a really innovative, caring way that challenges us mainly around the stories that we tell ourselves. Now, while Mike is a man coach and does amazing work with helping men Stories don't discriminate and they are part of the human condition. So that's going to be a really interesting interview coming up shortly. But before we get into the interview, I'm asking for you just to reflect a moment and know that this diplomatic life has significant highs and can have significant lows. Very few people outside of diplomacy really understand what it's like to live this diplomatic life. We talk about our highs, but we don't talk about our lows as diplomats. It's something that we fear will paint us in a negative light, so we keep quiet. That's why I'm here. I'm here to create a safe space for diplomats and those involved in the diplomatic life to engage on the other side of the very shiny diplomacy coin. We have opportunities, without doubt, we have opportunities to do amazing things in our lives, but we know that this comes at a cost. You're no longer alone. I'm here to help you, but I can't do my work without your support. So I'm asking you to please consider providing some financial support to me please go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support for more information. Without further ado, here's Mike. Mike Campbell, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Thank you, Phil, for having me. I'm very, very happy to be here. It's... um. Uh, I gave you know uh, you a hearty plug in the <laughs> intro, um, but you and I have been doing uh, uh, work together for uh, over the the last few years, and you have played a huge role in me connecting back to myself and and giving me the tools with which to do that. That's 
really just huge and and I really don't know how to introduce you to <laughs> to my listeners. So I'll, I'll give it to you <laughs> um, to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and the work that you do. Cool. So I can go anywhere with this, right? Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, like, okay, a little bit about me, what I do. And obviously, as you know, those things are kind of very much intertwined. And so I'll try and bring a bit of context to it. So, you know, who I am is, as you know, this is probably something that we're going to talk about today, right? The stories and all that kind of stuff. But I like to go to these kind of things. Like, you know, I'm very curious. I'm very considered. I love wonder and awe and, and to experience things around me. I love the connection with others and understanding humans in the world around me. And I like to simplify things and kind of figure them out. And so, you know, who I am is, is in part that, but that's what really kind of combines with like what I've been doing with my life for the last 37 or so years yeah. to kind of bring me to where I am today and, and what I do. And so like what I do is I'm a men's coach, um, which is the simplest way of looking at it. And so uh, out of university, uh, I did a physical education degree and I was very interested in the human body. And that sent me into becoming a personal trainer because I was quite fascinated with the human body. But I very quickly found that, yes, I was dealing with the human body, but more so I was dealing with the human mind um, and human behavior. And that was the thing that was um, even more interesting and like infinitely more challenging. Yeah. And so through kind of 10, 12 years working as a, a personal trainer, um, somewhat unconsciously, like just evolving what I did to answer the questions that were presented to me, which was like, how do I support these people in making these changes that they want? And more so like understanding them at a depth that is effective. Yep. So, you know, someone wanted some physical change, which was a surface level kind of desire, but there was a, a very strong emotional thing there that I had to tap into and understand in order to like really understand and make the change. So, and so what I realized is, you know, I was always kind of working with men and, and I was seeing the same stuff all the time, the same problems, mm -hmm. right? These kind of surface level things that were coming at me. And and this is when I really just started to work and do a lot of work on myself and understand like who I was and what I was good at and what I cared about. And yeah, I was seeing that like physically men weren't where they wanted to be. They had this kind of just like low level dissatisfaction and wanting for more. Mentally and emotionally, the exact same thing. And then the yeah. third thing being like, if I want to change, uh, where do I start? I mean, there's so much confusing and conflicting information. So, so the average everyday dude just didn't know where, really where to go with it. And, and I realized, one, the same problems really actually. And, and, and um, I had kind of unconsciously been solving these problems by changing my process and, and what I did to help the men that were in front of me. Um, but I realized, yeah, it was always men. One, physically they weren't where they wanted to be. There was this level of dissatisfaction and wanting for more, wanting for different. And the same thing mentally and emotionally, two, two things very, very connected to mm. the physical. Um, mm. But it was the same thing, right? Like this wanting for more, dissatisfaction, accepting of kind of meh, you know? And and the third thing was, it was just like, where do you start if you want to change that? Right. I was noticing that um, I was in an industry that had a very long spectrum <laughs> that differed all throughout it between experts. And so it was like, where does the everyday man come in and actually make a change when it's just so confusing? Yeah. And so I also realized um, I'm incredibly passionate about working on this and solving this and simplifying this stuff so we can actually do something about it. And so that's what set me into looking at, well, why are men in this situation? And that's when I started to see statistics around, you know, mental health and things like suicide and stuff, which were just like, it was like a bucket of cold water to the face, like all, mm. every, every little piece that I looked into and the conversations I was having and starting to talk to psychologists and psychiatrists and, you know, experts in the men's space and all this kind of stuff. This is back in about 2012, and I realized, okay, one, something's going on here, and two, I have a real fire to do something about it. I also have some skills and some expertise and some natural um, ability to listen, to hear, and to direct and affect change where it needs to happen. Yeah. And so that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of, um, I suppose, men's work, really, and seeing that. Oh, we have a very narrow picture of what it means to be a man. It's very much, you know, broken stoicism, be tough, strong, never show emotion, never share, hold everything in, sort it out yourself, uh, just push on through and never kind of show any kind of a weakness. Right, yeah. And I realized this is not helping us. And when we looked at stats and, and all the expertise and everything, you know, we have this um, result where men are chasing that and often putting on a mask to kind of hide who we truly are because we've, we've learned that you have to be this version of what a man is over here. 
And of course, it looked different for everyone because mm-hmm. we all give it our own different story and so on, which which I'm sure we'll talk about. And so yeah. that really sent me down the path of going, um, okay, I've got to work on this. I, I, I have to transition what I'm doing, which wasn't a huge transition at the time, but to help men understand themselves more, to step out from who they think they're supposed to be and actually start more expertly becoming who they are. Who they really are, right? Mm. Yeah. This this is almost like the perfect segue, I have to say, Mike, because what um, what what you've just been saying about what you noticed, particularly uh, in 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 you know your work about guys and and putting masks on and and feeling that they have to essentially play pretend um, mm. is something that that is directly applicable i contend to the audience here of of diplomats mm. where mm-hmm. uh we have to wear masks um that are almost um endless of of endless boundless competence um mm. masks of uh always being our job um where we can't take the masks off when even mm. we come home at the end of uh, a day at the office because when we're away on posting, we are always representing our country and mm. what we take that to mean for ourselves. And that whole mask story or, or, or the, 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 the masks and the story about why we feel that we need to wear the masks for whatever reason in life that, you know, we're a man, we're a mother, we're a, you know, a mm. daughter, a son, we're a, um, a mother, a father, we're a cousin, whatever, you know, our, our, at the stories that we have in life that, that kind of we use to justify behavior. Um, mm. You're right. This is exactly the point of what we're talking about today <laughs> is, um, you know, the, the, I guess the, the power of these masks. So I guess, Mike, what, what, what do you, what do we mean um, when we talk about the stories that we tell ourselves? Um, oh, good question. <laughs> what do we mean? I mean, I suppose fundamentally, <laughs> we're, we're I've got you at, on the, uh, the um, episode, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so well, you know, as you well know, right? Yeah. One of my most common answers to many questions like this is, it depends. Right. Um, and it does, of course, right? But I think, like, like we want to simplify where we can. And so, like, fundamentally, we're talking about the narrative that we have, the internal dialogue that we use with ourselves, and also verbally, the actual words that we um, speak outwardly then become our actions as well. And the the word story, I think, is very poignant when we use it in this context because often what's happening is we are making things to be truths yeah and actually it's more like a story that we have created or borrowed or taken on board from somewhere and we repeat to the degree that it now feels like a truth um but anything is a story you know, if you and I were standing on opposite sides of a road and we witnessed an incident in the middle of the road and then we both turned and went to our own lives, you would tell one version of what happened in that event and I would tell a different version. And essentially, yep. we've both created different stories, yeah. even though we both think we're sharing a fact, right? And so, of course, when it comes to those things um, to do with ourselves and who we are and who, who we need to be in the world, who we're supposed to be, you know, our worthiness, all, all, all these things. Um, we create stories that we continue to tell us yep. that continue to be represented in how we behave and the actions that we take in our lives. So that, that's probably the most elegant uh, and, and elegantly simple way um, that the power of the stories can be described. But they are so gloriously complex because mm-hmm. for, for that reason that you say is that, you know, each of us come at a, 
well, not necessarily come at a situation, but, you know, turn away from a situation uh, from an event with a different story. So, you know, it could be, as you say, that that middle of the road, um, you know, between between you and me and, and we, we turn away from, from our perspectives. Um, mm. But, you know, middle of the road, conference room, um, uh, you know, corridor conversation, um, any like a phone call or or any kind of interaction where there's some element of grey um, in mm-hmm. in that conversation gives us room to create stories. Mm. Um, and so there's there's you know I, I you know you can see this in 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 office situations um, which are fantastic I guess for. Um, for, for, for examples in, in life, because, you know, it's essentially a hothouse of human activity in office. But, <laughs> but yeah, you, you get, you know, all sorts of responses to, mm. to stories. So, you know, it's either the stories that we tell ourselves internally about yes. what we, how we interact with the world or how someone else is interacting with the world or interacting with us and the reasons why, but also... We, we, I guess, can speak those stories in the form of gossip um, and, hmm. and I guess, scuttlebutt and, and things like, you know, that, that kind of, you know, getting together and exchanging a story, um, hmm. which we all do, but can be quite destructive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And like fundamentally here, we're kind of talking about like how we choose to interpret things and then give meaning to them. Yeah. Right. And so back to the situation of the road, you know, you're going to interpret something and give meaning to it based on your current set of beliefs and, you know, all the messages that you grew up with and all the conditioning that you've been through. And same for me. And those will create a different, you know, story or version of events. Right. Um, And that's going to happen through the workplace. But then those are going to be predicated on the ones that I already have, the stories that I tell myself about, you know, when this goes wrong. uh, It must be my fault or that person's actually judging me or whatever it is. Right. So, So it just. It's like a spider web all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this can be really messy. Now, how do we figure this out? Uh, so how do we bring, you know, cl- well, it can be like a spider web, right? So it's yeah. kind of like, oh, man, this can be a mess. So how do we bring kind of clarity and simplification to this? Yeah, this, this, is, this is, I think we're getting right to the guts here now, Mike, because that point that you just made, um, you know, because uh, I, wanted, I wanted to move, you know, away, I guess, from the, 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 the stories that we turn into gossip to the stories that we create and then internalize within ourselves mm. mm-hmm. um, because and and you you said I guess the 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 key point there that I wanted to that, that I guess we can use to get into this discussion which is you know we internalize it based on our beliefs mm. um, and you know our own perspectives that have come you know through childhood through you know life I guess mm. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, and I'm gonna. Uh, I admit, I'm gonna struggle to ask the question here. So I'm just gonna ask a question. Um, Permission to struggle to answer it. Then is it? Is yeah. Real? No. Please. <laughs> Where you go? There's, you know, I think I think there's beauty in the struggle, right? Um, but the the, the 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 a question that I want to ask here is that you know what then happens in your experience that, mm-hmm. you know, and what you see from, mm-hmm. um, from your observations and, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to use me as an example if you want, I don't care, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, you know, the internally held beliefs that we have that could actually be based on other stories. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just go to a really simple example. And, and this might be you, right? But I'm going to talk broadly so you can choose to, to claim it or not. But, you know, in <laughs> the work that I do with, with men, right? Like, you know, I, I work with kind of everyday men. And, and fundamentally for me, it's about kind of making personal development like simple, accessible, relatable, and applicable. Yeah. So men can actually start like questioning things that we choose to not question, right? And one of those things is like, what does it mean to be a man? And like, for anyone who's thinking, like, I don't have a succinct answer, but what I think we have is a, a, a kind of misconstrued version of it. And so, you know, we learn through our home and society and movies and advertising and media and all these things, this very kind of simple message of what it means to be a man. And so one might take that as um, 
a, a, a very strong or set of um, consistent small messages. Yep. That oh, I'm quite emotional, and I've learnt that that's not what a man is, and so therefore I'm not quite man enough if I'm emotional. Well, instantly that's a story, right? And now if I got, if I really had it reinforced at the age of I don't know, eleven or twelve or something, I'm probably going to look for things throughout my life that continue to essentially reinforce and provide evidence for that story because we want to be right fundamentally even mm. if a story doesn't necessarily serve us objectively and so all of a sudden i've created this belief that if i am truly myself and you know let my emotions out and share what i feel let's say then i won't be seen as man enough and then that might link to uh, another story that might be and therefore who i am isn't good enough yeah. i can't be myself and so like how do these play out in my life man like where do they not play out right and so i'm going to hide probably i'm going to be afraid to to really have a voice and perhaps share and be emotive in a relationship or you know i might feel like i need to overcompensate and be tough strong mm. and outwardly you know share some kind of strength mm. because i'm actually hiding what's really beneath because i've learned to shame that in myself mm. And so, you know, this stuff can just like play out in, in many, many ways. But like, and so fundamentally, I'm kind of learning to like abandon myself mm. because of the story I tell myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not valuing myself and that's going to, you know, impact like everywhere in my life, career, relationships, you know, my health, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this, this is this is it. I mean, this, this kind of goes to the power of these um, of these stories and mm. In terms of language, I don't know if power is powerful enough a word. <laughs> I mean, I, I like they're, they're, they're just absolutely like a driving force. I see them for our our, our words, thoughts, uh, and actions. Um, mm. And that, you know, as as you were saying that, Mike, I, I just made a note of you know that that you know the the story that you know many men. Uh, as as we've talked about, um, mm. ha- have you know aren't man enough and therefore questioning their uh, uh, you know whether they are indeed enough. That mm. simple, um, I-, I-, I guess, equation um, mm. uh, where you know I am not something, therefore I am not enough equals not enough. That mm. can be directly applicable, you know, for men women um mm. diplomat um yeah uh, you know and, and that just comes down to those events that we go through exactly. right and so it might be something very different where you know um dad was busy all the time and i and i learned that i needed to be that and to be successful was to be busy and also um i really wanted to be around when i you know did my extracurricular activities and he wasn't and so i made that mean that i wasn't really you know um valuable enough for his time and so on the stories go. Like yeah. regardless of who you are and what your situation was, we're going to create some stories and then reinforce them and reinforce them. Right. And so yeah, I mean, you know, and we've spoken about and obviously you talk about this a lot through all of your work around, you know, diplomats, some very similar stuff to that kind of masculine mode of head down, I must do this, I must succeed, I must be busy, I must represent my country at all times, I must, right? And so yeah. these are stories. Yep. That have become truths. Yep. Yeah. And so very, very powerful. And, you know, the the you know the, the the extension of that is, I guess, once there's awareness there of you know those those really kind of excessively, potentially excessively harsh internal dialogues about you know I must be this, mm. therefore I must work longer and harder than anybody else, or I I must mm-hmm. actually you know have everything together um, mm. at home at work, in my life, and constantly succeeding because without that, something will happen. Um, Those kind of thoughts um, are or can often come down to the stories that we have created and and sold ourselves. There's the difficulty, I guess, comes then with you know, identifying the stories and sort of going, huh, you know, that's that's really 
mm. you know that's that's interesting but what what do we what do we then do with it and i i want to get to to that in a little bit um but i i, I do kind of want to come back to the yes. i'm not enough <laughs> yes um because you know you well know about my joe um and readers um of my blog will will know that i refer to my joe quite a bit um yes. and there will be without too many spoilers uh, an episode of the podcast coming up um with that will you know have me talking um uh, uh about joe and 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 self-deprecation mm. but i strongly feel that many of us diplomats are driven by that statement of I am not enough um, and are proving to someone either mm. intrinsically or extrinsically that we are worthy. Um, how, Mike, do you see that play out in your work? Yeah, so I suppose I see it play out just like everywhere. It's like the weather. It's like always there. Um, but, but in many different ways, and this is the thing, right, like the nuance between people is it takes on many different flavors. And, and, you know, one of the things that we do is we compare to others, you know, a lot in our lives. Mm -hmm. and, and so we can look at someone else's, you know, life and go, well, that's actually not, you know, mine's, mine's not the same as them. And then all of a sudden we invalidate, you know, our own experiences and so on. So, like, it's just... It's 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 a generator for a lot of things. It might not be that exact line. I am not enough, right? Mm -hmm. But um, or I'm not good enough, or or something. I'm I'm not lovable. I don't deserve happiness. Or when I get to X point in my career, then I can be happy, yeah. right? There's, yeah. There, because possibly what we're talking about more so is like what's at the bottom of these stories, and and the ones that are more conscious for people might be very very different. It might just be something like life is hard and I have to be busy. You know, yep. and and so then we just need to keep digging, 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 right? So so it's kind of be like for some people really present, and for others like somewhere in the depth of the first very very kind of shallow thing. But it's just playing out in so many ways. So that for the men that I work with, it, it, like, you know, how does it play out? Man, it, it it eventuates in so many different ways. But like fundamentally, it's this element of kind of like hiding who we really are in order to present to the world who we think we're supposed to be. Mm. And and so again, it, it just becomes like the serpent eating its own tail, right? Like the self-perpetuating cycle of story, looking for the evidence, reinforce the, reinforce the story, and on we go. And so fundamentally, it's kind of keeping people small and yes. preventing them from like doing and being who they really want and need to be. Preventing who they are, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, it, it's very, it's just so easy to hide behind because we have a story and then that creates, you know, these beliefs about these things over here. And then we create all these other stories, like little rationalizations and justifications. And I'm sure, you know, in the, in the diplomat world, as you see things around, like, you know, I just need to suck it up and, and move on. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a story that's come from a set of other stories, probably mm -hmm. around, like, if I open up around how, you know, I don't know, this work is all consuming and I've got no energy and, you know, whatever, um, then... I won't be seen as resilient and I'll be, you know, thrown to the heap. And whilst that might seem like um, a truth, it isn't necessarily. No. No. And, and, and so just story upon story upon story. One of the points that you just said there, uh, Mike, was comparison. Um, is mm. that, you know, we, we are constantly looking for ways to validate the stories. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the, 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 the main things that I see in, and, you know, putting my hand up here, one of the main things that I do is the comparison, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I do recall, you know, in, in many meetings and situations like, oh, that person has just got it all together. They're smart, mm -hmm. they're erudite, they just know what to say and how to say it. Here I am, you know, stammering something out, you know, full of ums and ahs and you knows and kind of things. And, you know, whenever I go to open my mouth, you know, the, the, the smart words that I want to say just escape me. So I kind of sound like a bit of a bumbling fool. But, you know, compared to them, you know, they just know what to say and when to say it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm therefore dumb 
<laughs> like, or, or, you know, I, I don't yep. therefore deserve to be where I am. I'm a fraud, etc. It's mm. kind of like... Mm. Story, story, story. Exactly. And it's just like saying one plus one equals a camel. Um, mm. And and uh, I guess, you know, um, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists would, would have not necessarily an absolute field day, but, you know, would see this all the time. Um, and for me, for me, one of the sort of, as we were saying before we started recording, Mike, was, you know, the, the, the sort of anchor, like throwing out the anchor points where I hear a story in my head um, mm. where I start to compare myself. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, well, no, you know, I don't know anything about that person, about what I'm comparing them to. And I'm just sort of comparing them, you know, based on what they're saying or what they're, what they look like. Um, and that's kind of, you know, for me, a, a, a bit of a, a well-worn path, um, of, uh, you know, of of getting eventually to I'm not something enough is yeah, the, and so the it's point using, of comparison. Exactly, right? And so it's, it's essentially, as we said before, looking for evidence that proves the, these set of or fundamental stories and beliefs that you have about yourself. And it seems weird that we would look for evidence that justifies it and prove, proves something that isn't really serving us, right? A belief that I'm, you know, a fraud. Um but we do because like fundamentally we want to be right. We want yeah. to be correct. And yeah. so we will look to justify that and, and we'll find that, you know, I'll give meaning to something that this person did over there. As you said, oh, my God, they're the most amazing and eloquent speaker of all time. And here I am just a complete bumbling fool. Yeah. Right? And, and no, actually you're just choosing to give that um, interpretation to and, and meaning to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, on that now, I just like to think I've got a certain folksy charm, um, you know, rather than a bumbling fool. But it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is one of these, um, one of those those sort of points that I think is so tremendously important to uh, for for the listener, and and I'm sure that there are many who are listening to this wherever they are in the world, and sort of just sort of sitting back and and pondering um you know how this this applies in their lives and in a competitive environment like diplomacy um mm. which is like a hothouse of smart um uh, worldly uh people who are um you know, wanting to put themselves out into the world and make a difference. Um, and, mm. you know, that kind of... Those, uh, there are a lot of stories that come up um, when we are in that kind of environment. Plus, many diplomats live in that environment. They don't necessarily have the option of closing their office door at the end of the day and, and yeah. going home. Yeah. Like, they live where they work as well. Um, and so you, you've got that element of, um, you know, the, 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 the stories that we tell ourselves about what, how we work and how we live. It can be a really difficult trying. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and here again, words are failing me, but, um, you know, such a, an ordeal, I guess, mm. Um, and and mm -hmm. that creates such mental and emotional anguish. Yes. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, part of it is, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier, but, like, we need to pay attention to this, but bring awareness to it. Because, like, otherwise, what's the alternative? And, like, you know, part of what we're going to be really addressing here is we've probably all got challenges and frustrations and things that are going on, and we would like some alternative. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, let's have a look at how you're creating that with the stories you keep reinforcing yeah. in your life. No, this is just how it's done. You know, no, to be a diplomat, you have to fill in the blank. Yep. No, you, can, you can't do that. You, you have to do this. You know, mm. Mm. I don't deserve this, mm. right? I, I can only have that when I get to this. Yep. You know, these people are great speakers. I struggle in meetings to, you know, present 
effectively to the ambassador, like whatever it is. Yeah. Well, whatever this, you know, these words, the collection of words are, um, if you keep saying it, like you're going to have to live that out. It will become real. <coughs> I'm just going to have to, uh, well, I'll edit out that cough <coughs> because... <laughs> Well, no, I probably won't because I, that was that was dramatic. I was like actually going, "Oh my god!" I I had sharp intake of breath. That was <laughs> that was gold. That was gold. If and and I can see right now how like the the, the promo. I'm definitely not going to mm. edit this out. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the 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 promotional material, like there's there's the grab right there. If you you know conceive it, you then live it out. You're yeah, then going to, 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 to live it out. Unless, of course, you recognize it and challenge it. So yeah, exactly. I've yeah. got myself together now. I'll keep myself nice. Um, but that, that I reckon, uh, dear listener, is <laughs> it right there that these stories are so powerful. Mm so powerful that once they're sort of in there, you're going to live them out. Yeah. And like, you know, like as we've kind of said already, there's lots of things, right? We might have something really, really like, Oh my God, foundational at the bottom. Like I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of success or whatever. Um, and then there might be all sorts of other little things, you know, I'm not good with names. Yes. Seemingly, you know, not important and significant, but like if you tell yourself I am, then you're identifying with that thing, and so it has to become true. Right? You'll never be good with names if you keep telling yourself, I'm not good with names. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and so so I am not worthy, I am not good enough, sorry, just to, to complete that. Whatever yeah. the thing is, those words are, are often in there, I am. Um, so that, that's something to, to very um, very carefully pay attention to because whatever follows those words um, will probably be showing up in our life in some way. Yeah. So... It might not be those words, of course. It could be many other things, as we said before. You know, that's just how it's done around here or, or, or whatever it may be. But um, on the other side of that, because I'm sure we're going to talk about, like, kind of what do we do and stuff. Yeah. But on the other side of that, that doesn't mean we necessarily then just, like, convince ourselves or try and, like, convince ourselves of something different. Like, I am great with names. It's like, well, if, if you're not, that doesn't mean you flip to some, like, overtly kind of kid yourself opposite. Exactly. Right? But it might just be, I'm working on being better with names that's a different story it doesn't need to be the other end of the spectrum yeah yeah and that and that kind of goes to a point that i hear uh uh quite a bit in my interactions with my my listeners and readers is you know the the you know the benefits of the fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. um and that that phrase has always troubled me um (laughs) because uh, and and I think I've I've just worked out why it is that you know it goes to another extreme. Like I feel, you know, it goes from you know I actually am feeling quite uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> p- potentially unworthy, or, or mm. you know, whole whole maelstrom of you know potentially negative words, thoughts, uh, or, or, you know, to, to, to use your phrase um, that, that I love now is, you know, words and, and thoughts that aren't serving me hmm. um, to then, you know, basically put on another mask of endless competence uh, yeah. and, yeah, yeah. you know... No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine. I'm yeah. like the best at this hail fellow well-met... Um, and no, that's, that's wallpapering over cracks. Um, it's, mm. it's better yeah, yeah. in, in my view to, uh, sorry, not only just wallpapering over cracks, but can, trying to convince not only yourself, but everyone else that the wallpaper is going to, you know, stay forever. Um, I, th- I, I think that, that a perspective that better serves is having, you know, just the, the potentially the curiosity to go, mm. ah, um, you know, using your example, which um, which I think is fantastic, particularly for diplomats who <laughs> who uh, who who make a life out of meeting people. Um, I think that that example will probably resonate with a great deal <laughs> with a great number of uh, of of listeners. Where so, like, oh my god, I am crap with names. Um, so, yeah. you know, here's Mike Good and Phil. Good luck getting any better. Yeah, exactly. Here's Mike and Phil, you know, about to tell me how I can get better at my job. Um, so, 
but no, it's getting curious. Yeah, and so, you know, like to that point of extremes, right, there's, there's just so much nuance and, and that's the challenge is to play on the nuance. We want black and white. We want um, like super, super simple to the point of being over simple and that's like ineffective. And so, yeah, like, you know, I'm great at this thing. If you're historically not, yeah, then, you know, the thing with like strategy is it's not enough if there's a foundation that doesn't align with it. And so if I still have this foundation, let's say, of like, you know, I'm crap. And, you know, I'm not good at my job, let's say, mm. and I'm a fraud and I'm just waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder. Then flicking to some like complete hyper positive thing on the other side of it, which is like, I'm amazing and I'm so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's not going to work because you don't believe it yourself. Exactly. Right. So we need to find a, a different story that you can work with. Right. And, and that's the line of inquiry and getting curious um, both to like, what's this about? Where does this come from? But also like what would actually work here? I, I think, yeah, to, to me, the, the curiosity is everything um, mm. in, in the challenging of the stories and, and moving towards genuine, um, lasting ways of reframing them, um, particularly where, you know, that, that faux confidence um, uh, of of com- you know coming at the problem from you know the the, the polar opposite, um, mm. you know, is equally has the potential, I guess, to to not serve us in an equal capacity to the you know to the to the other side. Um, yeah, and so I see this a lot in my work with men because men tend to be very you know like simple, rational, logical, black and white, and so like the extension of that is the masculine masculine is kind of that and so i see a lot of resonance with this in the diplomatic community because like historically it's been a very kind of like hyper masculine way of being yeah and so yeah we want to go to the black and white and and you know like i I do a lot of work with guys you know who i kind of call like the quintessential nice guy right yeah and um where a lot of those guys struggle because of their kind of mode of being is that okay but if i'm not a nice guy which means basically i'm just a walkover then i have to be an asshole yeah it's like, no, that's flipping to the other end of the spectrum. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> There's yeah. all this room in the middle. And so it's the same with all this stuff, right? Like, you know, if we go to the busyness uh, trap of, of, of diplomats, it's like, no, I have to work myself to the ground and da 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 The opposite is what? That I'm just lazy. I don't really care about my job. It's like, no, of course not. Yeah. Right? But you've got to tell yourself a different story in there. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I have to say, listener, the, the, the work that I did with Mike um, back when I realized that things weren't all that well with me as, or, or things weren't going as well within me as I had hoped um, and got curious uh, and <laughs> worked a huge amount on my, you know, looking at my drivers. Um, this stuff was it where, you know, you know, and, and, I guess putting my hand up here as you know wanting to be the nice guy wanting to be liked by everyone mm. um uh i noticed how loudly you just agreed there mike um <laughs> but it is you know for me i still struggle with that um yeah mm-hmm. and 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 still catch myself and i do recall thinking exactly that when we talked about this in um, uh, in 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 the coaching program that you run, Mike, uh, and me going, well, you know, if 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 I can't be a nice guy, well, then I have to be an absolute tyrant, you know. All yeah, right? if I don't have boundaries, all of a sudden I have to put walls up everywhere and tell people to fuck off. Exactly. It's like no, 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 no. Come on. Yeah. Sorry, really? mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, but that's the thing, right? The, the use of that word is where a lot of guys go. It's yeah. Like, no, that's so extreme, and and it's so clean, of course, through throughout our um, our lives, these things are playing out that extreme. So, uh, what I'm actually interested to ask you then is, when this when you first started to you know engage, but mm-hmm. get curious, mm-hmm. what what was the story that you were kind of fundamentally telling yourself? Do you think? Yeah, this uh, that's a really really good question, um, and in a dramatic role reversal. Um, uh, for for a podcast interview, but <laughs> it is for me. Well, your story is going to resonate more with the the readers than no, mine. No. I would think at this point. No, no, a, a, exactly right. And and for me, you know, the the part of the story was if I am to be good at my job, 
people want to work with the person they like. Mm. Um, and, you know, people will want, so whether it's in within my own employing agency, the great thing about an embassy is that there are a number of other um, uh, employing agencies uh, uh, represented uh, within, um, so, you know, in an embassy, in an Australian embassy, there are other government departments mm. who work in them. Um, and so it's this microcosm of, of Canberra. And yeah. you have to work together to get anything done. Um, then you need to work with the host government and, and you know, or, or host governments. And, you know, to do that, you know, people want to work with the person who's nice. Yeah. Um, and... For me, where I went to, when you challenged me on that during um, during the program, that was, um, you know, I'm like, oh, God, how am I, how am I going to do my job? How am I going to mm-hmm. show up um, and, you know, be me, be authentically me? And mm-hmm. I remember then going, oh, like, well, what is me? Uh, and, and kind of, you know, <laughs> stepping back on that that sort of, that carousel there of of um, of, of self analysis and, and curiosity and things. Yeah. Where I ended up though, where I ended up for me is coming to know with absolute certainty and absolute conviction what my values and principles are. Yeah. And knowing that and and listeners uh in in seoul who know my office um uh will know that i had my values taped to the window as people came into my office um and i would look at those almost all the time if i didn't know how to respond to something that came up during a phone call or a meeting or an email or whatever. And I just sort of didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I felt myself sort of going down paths there that had been trodden before, particularly around being the nice guy and doing what, you know, will make me, make me think that I would be more popular or or liked Mm. or something and go, no, no, I'm going to, you know, uh, like working collaboratively, that's, you know, that's that's one. Um, I'm going to challenge. And if I can't make, um, uh, if I can't, you know, and, and commitment is another one of my values. So if I can't make an absolute enduring commitment to do this, then I'm going to say no, but I'm going to work with them collaboratively to find another option because I know that this is important to them, but I can't do it in the way that I feel mm. that they want me to do it so I'm going to start a conversation. Nice. No, so actually starting the question, you know, where the the safe, comfortable story might go uh, and actually go, hold on, what's important for me here? Yeah. Without it needing to be some complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I knew within like almost instantly that the other end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum was not going to be me. It was not going to be authentically me. Mm. Um, which and what, was, what that generally yeah. is, sorry. No, no. Um, where you go? No, well, it, it, it's just that, you know, I knew from the work that I was doing that I didn't want to, you know, replace one set of masks for another. Yeah, and that's it, right? So so often, because generally the, the stories are like to keep us comfortable and safe. That's kind of what it all boils down to, to avoid pain or perceived pain Mm. or perceived future pain. Um, And so, you know, whatever the thing is, if if we jump to that kind of like black from black to white, all or nothing, the other end of the spectrum, it becomes an easy like out. Oh, no, no, no. That is, mm, see, that's not, that's not the thing. So I'll stay out of here. Right, and so we just miss all that nuance in the middle, and so it just gives us another justification as to why I don't need to challenge the current story, set of beliefs, you know, and outcomes that that is generating. Mm. Mm. It's I find this absolutely fascinating. The the the, the and and kind of goes to that sort of power, and again, power kind of under. Um, 
underestimates the effect that these stories can have on us um, and how they drive our words, thoughts and, and actions. Um, because once you sort of start digging and, and, you know, Mike, you've said a couple of times, you know, sometimes we dig and we just hit like the, the foundational rock quite quickly. Mm. But other times it's, you know, we, we, you know, tell ourselves that we're bad with names and, you know, we, we then start digging through some of the, the, the surface stuff and we might get to the to the foundational issues over time, but we don't get anywhere unless we're curious. But yes. it is really, well, I don't think it can be overstated. The, um, the, the, the power of these stories and once, for me anyway, once I, I became aware of them within myself, uh, mm. And I could see it happening in so many other places and, and you know, mm. going right back into the conversation, uh, right to the beginning of the conversation, talking about gossip, we'd see the stories that people had made up based on, you know, part details or cobbled together snippets um, mm. and, and woven together into this mishmash and created a story out of it that may or may not have had any kind of reflection to the truth, but, you know, because humans connect through stories, that's kind mm. of, you know, why the, the the stories that are told through through gossip are so delightful. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean, most of what we're talking about anyway when it comes to just yourself, yeah, um, you know, like we could quite simply label that gossip as well exactly it's internal gossip yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so mike i guess you know just just i could talk about this for hours um and one of the things uh that i do want to i guess give a you know not leave it leave the the listener hanging here and, and <laughs> you know and and so you know, this will be released uh, on a Saturday. And, and so people might be listening to this over a weekend or on the commute mm -hmm. home um, and, you know, at the end of a day. What do you say to that person who's listening and then they go, hmm, this is actually really interesting. Phil and Mike are really onto something here. Um, and are having a bit of a ponder and a bit of a think about what they're how stories are active in them and what stories they're mm. believing and all that kind of stuff. Tomorrow, when they go into work, what do you suggest to them when they go, yeah, that's a story happening. Well, I need to do this. What, 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 would, what would be your, your one tip? One tip would split into a few tips, I think. I can already preempt <laughs> what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, you, you're talking to, you know, a whole lot of bureaucrats. So we <laughs> we can do, you know, 0 0.1, 1.1, 1.1a. Exactly. Uh, and, and stuff. It's a safe space here, Mike. You can go crazy. So, <laughs> so look, I, I think we've mentioned one word um, already a few times around, like, getting curious. So, because this is where a lot of us, um, the, the stories and the beliefs that we have create behaviors in which make this more challenging mm. right so if we are really hard on ourselves because you know we think that we're useless or da da da, da then if i catch a story i'm going to do something like bloody hell there i am doing that thing again okay don't do that you know all of a sudden we get on the train of perpetuating it further yeah right? and so it becomes a judgment train so the agreement with yourself initially is i am going to be curious and observe without needing answers or the perfect solution right now but my agreement is not to judge myself again and make it worse, right? Because it's another story. Yeah. You're, you are bad for having said that or something. Mm -hmm. So so the first agreement is to observe as like an objective observer. Yep. As best you can because obviously we are emotionally attached to our lives. Yeah. Uh, and so what that requires first of all is like paying attention, right? And then as best we can catching these things and observing them. And so it might be something where, you know, you catch that story and in that moment you don't have the skill set. You might not have the skill set or capacity to, um, you know, understand how I can change the story in that moment. But something that can coincide with this is like a journaling system where you might write this stuff down in that moment or when you get a moment later that day or at the end of the day. Uh, these are the stories that I caught today. Yeah. And with that process, you may slowly be able to reflect on them, 
when you do have space and capacity, when you're not, you know, being demanded to to get that project in or demanding that of your team or whatever it may be in that moment, right? Mm. So, so that, and the thing is, this may take some time, right? So, you know, perhaps we might have a story around, well, change needs to be instantaneous. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not going to serve you. So, it will probably take time to pay attention and reflect and look at it and understand and get curious and try some different stories out and so on whilst you work on shifting these stories. And, and again, there's going to be lots of big, 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 big ones. And there's going to be lots of little ones as well that just pop up here and there and everywhere. And it doesn't mean that we expect that we will be an expert at this uh, immediately, mm. but that we are okay with catching these things and slowly trying to change them. Like that's the kind of simple thing. And then you choose to do that. Mm. And, and and I think that's, you know, once once you've become curious and you've sort of had the, huh, oh, that's interesting moment um, and ask yourself why and do the, the journaling, um, it's it's then critically perhaps the the action that you take after it. Yeah, so, you know, like one of the really powerful, because we were talking about getting curious and asking questions. So one of the questions that you can ask and, and some form of it, because it might be different depending on the, the context, but basically is to straight away question it. Do I know this to be true? Mm. And, and what that requires of you is actual facts, not things that we have created to be facts. Mm. That would be another story, mm. right? So, you know, like if we cut straight to the bottom of something like, uh, I'm not good enough. Okay, do I know that to be true? Like what actual facts, evidence mm. do I have? And what you'll find is mostly it's not, it's made up things. So then yeah. you can start to, you know, deal with those things, right? But but that's, you know, because you can ask, obviously, where does this come from and all these other things, which are very, very powerful. Like, where does this story come from? Slash, like, whose story is this? You know, I might have borrowed this from someone else. You know, if I, had, if I grew up with someone telling me I was no bloody good and I still have that, then that's possibly not mine. Yeah. And if I identify where I got it from, that might help me move past it, right? But then, do I know this to be true? Right, and because someone said it, that doesn't mean it's true. Mm. That's exactly so, right. So these questions yeah. are, are very powerful and bringing awareness to it. But again, what that requires is objectivity, being an observer, not getting into the judgment train, which will just take us back into a, a series of stories which perpetuate again. Yeah, the the, the the concept, and you've you've talked about you know the serpent eating itself in the in the judgment train. I think it's you know it's one of the 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 very um, pertinent kind of takeaways is sort of once that you once you've realized that that has um happened that you've jumped on that train that's actually really um uh powerful that you can actually apply the brakes if if i'm going to be mm. going with that metaphor and and you know step back off i often yep. talk about you know they they you know getting on a spiral um and mm. you know feel like you've lost lost control you know you could dig the heels in a little bit and slow yourself down and and you know come to a nice slow considered stop um, one thing that, that I, um, I want to add is something that I put in, uh, the, a tip that I put in at the end of my, uh, blog post, the lonely diplomat on the stories we tell ourselves, which I, um, which I published at the beginning of March this year. And that talks about, um, a technique that, uh, my intellectual crush, Brene Brown does, um, and, and has recommended in, in some of her work, which is, to use a phrase that kind of at the point uh, at the point of of you know when the stories are being created that you realize that the story may have been created that you might not have understood what someone else has said to you or what they've written to you um, yeah. is to have the presence of mind to say words to the effect of look the story that I'm telling myself here is um, yeah. and in the in the blog post I, I wrote the you know, of the times when I've done that um, with talking to my boss where I realized that they had said something uh, and I had gone into my own mind uh, and was going, huh, that's curious. Why would they say that? Um, mm. And, you know, does that, this, this must mean X, Y, and Z. Um, and I caught myself. It's like, no, I've got no idea what this means. So I said... Um, you know, the story that I'm telling myself is blah. And to which they were like, oh, oh, 
oh no no i'm really sorry that i gave you that impression it's actually completely mm. the opposite um and it was actually you know a really effective tool at the time during yeah. a conversation um to to alert others to the se- to the to the fact that i had actually made up a story based <laughs> based on the gaps in in what they what they said yeah or not even necessarily the gaps but just in the interpretation that you chose exactly exactly right. exactly yeah. yeah and that's you know like we we speak here about diplomats and their work but of course this is happening everywhere definitely it's happening in our relationships yes right um, you know, when you did this, I made it mean this, right? Yes. So the story that I'm telling myself is, you know, when I express this, you don't like that, you don't value me, like whatever it is, right? And there's opportunities to catch these things. But of course, we first need to be in the game of catching them. Exactly, exactly. I think, you know, um, and this is something, like that you say frequently and, and you know, um, is awareness is key. Yes. Once, once you're aware... Um, it's then, uh, you know, become curious, uh, and then um, and then sort of go from from there. But recognizing that you know your stories aren't going to change overnight. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, in all reality, some of them can, right? But um, it might not be anchored overnight. Mm. Yeah, that's right? sorry, you can that's choose. Meant, yeah. You can choose to tell yourself a story, a, mm. a brand new story. Absolutely. But you know, if, if um, you've got a, a story that has been going for 30 plus years, then, yeah, it might be a little bit um, uh, silly, let's call it, to assume <laughs> and expect that we're going to anchor a different story um, overnight. Right? Yeah. It's like 30 years, okay, it might take some time. So I need to tell myself a new story over and over and over and over again. Right? And to change an old pattern is going to take thousands of repetitions. So, you know, expectations... Um, is often where we also tell ourselves some pretty harsh and ineffective stories. So um, the changing process, you know, can take time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today and um, and and for sharing these remarkable insights. Um, the without you know a word of hyperbole, you know, the work <laughs> the work that you have done, like within me. And now I see, you know, um, the work that you do with others uh, in in your program is nothing short of life changing. Um, and because I, I can say that because it has changed my life. Um, so thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, and it really is um, just fantastic to have you here and 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 to have your uh, your your continued support of the lonely diplomat an absolute pleasure and i thank you for that uh feedback and i shall receive that very gratefully um and at the same time uh, whilst i have this opportunity um i want to thank you for choosing to lean into that process be it my program or not right the process of like understanding yourself a bit better um, and seeing where you'd got lost right the mid-career diplomat and then following the paths that you started to see huh there's a thing here that i need to follow and huh there's a thing here that i I feel like i need to follow and oh this is something that i'm seeing everywhere in the diplomatic community and hearing and resonating with people that i talk to and so i need to do something about it Uh, and so i just think it's absolutely wonderful that you're doing this work and having a voice for diplomats in a way that I don't think um, there has been. And, and so it's just so needed and it's just, um, it's just amazing to see. Thank you. Thank you. I, I choose to accept that compliment in the spirit that it, was, uh, that it was given. Thank you, Mike. A really just profound thanks. Pleasure and you're welcome. <laughs> well, until <laughs> next time, Mike. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Wasn't that just an amazing chat? I'm just so grateful to Mike because whenever I talk with him about the stories that we tell ourselves or I see him in action um, within the School of Personal Mastery, helping people understand the origin of their stories and unpacking them and looking at the power that they have over us and then supporting them in changing their stories i always come away with a fresh new perspective on my own stories and it's for that reason that i wanted mike to 
come along and talk with us today on this episode. I am just eternally grateful uh, to Mike and his work. So if you've got a question for me, or indeed if you've got a question for Mike about anything that was raised in this podcast episode, please feel free to email me at admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you're a member of The Lounge, please feel free to go to the podcast thread um, and ask questions there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could give me a rating, give this episode a rating uh, on iTunes because that really does help. A positive, really positive rating really does help increase the uh, awareness of this podcast. But still, the best advertising I'm finding is word of mouth. So if you're liking what you're hearing, please tell friends. If you think that I could improve on something, please tell me. Also, please consider becoming a financial supporter of my work by heading over to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash supporter. I really do appreciate your financial support in order to help me do my work um, and grow my work over, over time. It does sound like you're getting ready to leave. So thank you for joining me on this episode today. And until we meet again, please be awesomely humanly you because the world needs more listening.